Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So they voted in the Senate. And a 55-45 vote. They said, sorry, Rand Paul, we're going to go forward with having the trial on former President Trump's impeachment. And the five who voted to make this happen on the Republican side, of course, all 50 Democrats did, uh, they're they're, they're, uh, um, Mitt Romney of Utah, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Susan Collins of Maine, and then you have uh, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, and then Ben Sass uh, of Nebraska. Or as uh, they are now known, uh, the usual suspects. We just don't know which one is Kaiser Soze. But they voted, and there's going to be a trial. But Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, is making a point larger than this. And the point is, is that we're all playing a game. We're all playing a silly, ridiculous, nonsensical game. And it isn't that one may think that what Donald Trump did was wrong, but rather... We are not engaged in a full-on conversation about what we have to do to get better. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. If you go to TonyKatz.com, you'll see an article that I wrote. Biden was wrong, Antifa is real, and they are violent. And in this article that I posted on Monday... I discuss all of those people that supported violence, supported the violent people of Antifa, and yes, of Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization, as opposed to people who were protesting what happened to George Floyd, those are Americans. There's a, there's a difference. I support the people who are protesting what happened to George Floyd, because nobody should want that to happen. We don't want that in our society. There's the story of of Eric Garner. Do you know the story of Eric Garner? Eric Garner was selling loose cigarettes in Manhattan, and the police came and had to arrest him, and he would not get arrested. And then one officer choked him out, and it killed him. And people think that's a story of police abuse, police brutality. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a story of government brutality. What the hell do you care that some guy is selling loose cigarettes? Well, those cops were told to care because someone wasn't getting their tax dollar. That's what happened in New York. There are important stories worth sharing, and then there are lies that are told. The story of Michael Brown is a lie. Michael Brown was not some angel who was killed by police for no reason. Michael Brown attacked a cop. Michael Brown broke a cop's orbital socket. Michael Brown reached for a cop's gun. This is all Ferguson. Uh, You remember Ferguson, Missouri. And then Michael Brown charged a cop. There was never a moment of hands up, don't shoot. That is a lie. It was proven by the Eric Holder Justice Department. What happened to George Floyd? George Floyd was absolutely high out of his head. That's obvious, and that's true from the toxicology reports. Do you think any of it excuses 
Former Officer Chauvin having his knee on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes. Not in in no way, shape, or form does it excuse it. It is inexcusable. Now, if we don't take a look at the whole story and the totality of the story and the drug use and everything else, we're doing ourselves a disservice. And clearly, as we have seen, it was not specifically the knee that killed George Floyd. But to not recognize the problem there is a maddening proposition. And when I watched it, me being different than other people, other people being being different than me, I did not see a white officer on a black man. I, I, I admit this. I admitted it then. I saw the state with its knee on the neck of a citizen. But that is the lens of which I view things. And I can appreciate that other people view it differently. They see it differently. I can appreciate that all too well. When we talk about the impeachment of Donald Trump, I can appreciate that some people could say what he did was insurrection. It wasn't, but I can appreciate that some people say it. Because what I think they're saying is, I don't appreciate what Donald Trump did. I think he acted inappropriately. I think that's a very acceptable conversation. What Rand Paul is asking is, what are we actually discussing and on the in, in the well of the Senate, he did a beautiful job in sharing that thought. Incited the reprehensible behavior and violence of January 6th when he said, I know everyone here will soon march to the Capitol to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically, hardly words of violence. But what of Democrat words? What of Democrat incitement to violence? No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter that nearly killed Steve Scalise and volunteer coach. The shooter nearly pulled off a massacre. I was there because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie and other Democrats, such as the Republican health care plan for the uninsured is that you die. As this avowed Bernie supporter shot Steve Scalise, nearly killing him, and shot one of our coaches and two or three of our staff, he screamed, this is for health care. Ask me or anyone if that's incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Cory Booker incited violence when he called for his supporters to get, get up in their face of Congress people, a very visual and specific incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, that if you see a member of the Trump administration at a restaurant, at an apartment store, at a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. This is the absolute truth. And the biggest problem with our society is that we are not looking at things as rational people, only as how do we destroy the other? 
Right now, the political left simply wants to destroy the political right and will not look at their own issues. Just like when they looked at the riot at the Capitol, they decided that was the thing that was wrong. But everything that happened in Seattle and Portland and Minneapolis and Indianapolis and New York and Chicago was completely and totally fine. Why? Why? Did something happen? What? They were just amazed and shocked that something was going on. What? There it is. Much better. But Senator Rand Paul was not done. Is that not incitement? My wife and I were pushed and surrounded and screamed at by this same type of mob that Maxine likes to inspire. It's terrifying to have a swarm of people threatening to kill you, cursing at you and literally holding you hostage until police come to your rescue. That night, we were assaulted by the crowd. I wasn't sure if we'd survive even with the police protection. But no Democrat has ever considered impeaching Maxine for her violent rhetoric. In fact, Republicans, to our credit, have never once thought it legitimate to formally censor or impeach these Democrats. No Republican has sought to use the government to hold these Democrats responsible for Antifa and Black Lives Matter violence that has consumed our cities all summer, resulting in over a billion dollars of destruction, looting, and property damage. Not one Republican said, oh, let's impeach the Democrats who are inciting this. Maybe they should have. Maybe they were right not to and realize that there is indeed language that we use and some of it is just standard ordinary language and maybe some of it we can all bring down. Senator Paul. Because it would be ridiculous. Many on the Democrat side of the aisle cheered them on. Kamala Harris famously offered to pay the bill for those who were arrested. I wonder if she'll be brought up on charges of inciting violence for that now that she's vice president. Should Kamala Harris be impeached for offering to pay for violent people to get out of jail who've been burning our cities down? No. And no Republican has offered that because we're not going down the road that Democrats have decided, this low road of impeaching people for political speech. Should Republicans impeach the Democrat mayor of Seattle? who incited and condoned violence by calling the armed takeover of part of her city a summer of love. Any Republicans try to impeach her? On June 8th, the New York Post, citing U.S. Justice Department statistics, reported that more than 700 law enforcement officers were injured during the Antifa Black Lives Matter riots. There were at least 19 murders, including 77-year-old retired police officer David Dorn. Yet Democrats insist on applying a test of incitement to a Republican that they refuse to apply to themselves. I want the Democrats to raise their hands if they have ever given a speech that says, take back, fight for your country. Who hasn't used the words fight figuratively? And are we going to put every politician in jail? Are we going to impeach every politician who has used the words fight figuratively in a speech? Shame. Shame on these angry, unhinged partisans who are putting forth this sham impeachment, deranged by their hatred of the former president. Deranged by their hatred of the former president. A lot of these points were what I wrote about just on Monday. Biden was wrong, Antifa is real, and they are violent. You can catch that at TonyCats.com. 
But Rand Paul has the right idea. That if the issue exists, it exists for all of us and it should be addressed properly. When it's utilized as a weapon by one party against another, we know who the real thugs are. We know who the enemies of humanity are. We know who the indecent are. And we best well say so. I'm Tony Katz. Maybe the worst part of a Biden administration is that John Kerry is back. Oddly enough, that could be the worst part of it all. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Tonycats.com for everything. Of course, the podcast can be found at rumble.com. Uh, they were doing a, a, a presser today. There's going to be more climate change, this, that, the other. The radicalness of Joe Biden, of this team, uh, it, it's going to be hard to recognize the nation after after they're done with, with this week or so. It's going to be really hard. And, it, and it's not based on, uh, on America first. It's based on radical ideology first. Ugly stuff. Ugly stuff. Well, John Kerry is the presidential's climate envoy. And the reason that he's the envoy is that he owns the most methods of transportation that put carbon into the atmosphere that can get him places. The private planes and the yachts and everything else. Right? Kerry's got it all. This is what happens when you, when you, marry, when you marry up. So he is there and he's being asked about, well, what happens? What about all the people who are listening to this in the oil and gas industry? And uh, you're saying, hey, you know, we're, a, we're, we're absolutely taking your job from you. Well, we didn't come here to put anybody on notice except to the seriousness of uh, President Biden's intent to uh, do what needs to be done to deal with this crisis. And it is a crisis. Um, with respect to uh, those workers, no, no two people are more uh, in this room are more concerned about it. And the president of the United States has expressed in every comment he made about uh, climate the need to uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner, that, I mean, you know, you look at the consequences of black lung for a minor, for instance, and measure that against the fastest growing job in the United States before COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs, but the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. It's a better choice if you take one of the jobs away. I'm not going to argue that black lung is something worthwhile. I'm going to make the argument that you took a job away and you went with the, the, the most extreme. You're not engaged in an honest, real conversation. And wait, he does it again. Similarly, uh, you have uh, the second fastest growing job pre-COVID was wind turbine technician. This is happening. 75%, 70% of all the electricity that's come online in the United States in the last few years came from renewables. Not, you know, coal plants have been closing over the last 20 years. You shut them down. The political left shut them down. Obama shut them down. 
So yeah, where where are where is any power supposed to come from? But at what cost? Never mind the birds you kill, you sicko freak, with the wind turbines. All right, I can't say they cause cancer. I remember Trump said they cause cancer. Like, all right, I don't have that one. But it sure is, it sure is I'm sitting here, it kills the birds. But if you take away an entire industry and then say, look at this industry, you can't then say, well, that industry was clearly better. You took away an industry. It's when Pete Buttigieg had the audacity to say to Senator Ted Cruz during his confirmation hearing to be transportation secretary. Had the audacity to say that, you know, uh, we hope to get them, uh, these people who are losing good jobs, good paying jobs, uh, working in the Keystone XL pipeline, we hope to get them better paying uh, union jobs. Well, better paying than what? They have a good paying job right now. When you say you're going to get them a good paying job, you mean a good paying job compared to other jobs that will exist in your economy, but not compared to the jobs that you destroyed. I mean, it's, it's as if they can't do basic math. We see you. You take away an industry because of your ideology. And then you say, you know what? They, they could do the other thing. It's all right. They they can do the other uh, job. It's cool. So uh, what President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. It's not about better choices. This is not true. Why does he keep doing this? Why is he trying to hurt me? You took away a choice. That doesn't make the other choice better. It makes the other choice all that is left. And you don't see that as a problem? They were making them here at home. That is going to be a particular focus of the uh, Build Back Better agenda. And and I, I think that, that unfortunately workers have been fed a false narrative. No surprise, right, for the last few years. You see that? You see, you've just been lied to. Their answer for everything is you're just so gullible. You don't understand what we're doing for you. There's a great, great comic named Sonia Schmidt. She's spectacular, statuesque black woman who, when talking about liberals, and she says that she's on the political right, they look at her with this face of disgust and go, hmm, after all we've done for you, these white liberals, that's exactly how John Kerry is looking at workers. Don't you understand we're just making your life better? Why won't you just let us? So you won't be able to feed your kids for a while or get a job until you learn this other job, which may or may not really be available in mass, but that's okay. We're helping you. I'm Tony Katz. Let's kick it. I've seen cases of mistaken identity, but this is just flat out ridiculous. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. And I rank this headline as one of the worst. 
Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle, or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. It's time for the worst headline of the day. It comes to us from the sun. That's over there in the UK. Wife stabs husband after finding pics of him having sex with younger woman, not realizing it was actually her. Classic. So, uh... The story is, is that the woman who was identified by the Mexican authorities as Leonora R. was arrested after a call of domestic abuse at the home. Officers arrive on scene. They find the suspect's husband, named only as Juan, lying injured with several stab wounds to his legs and arms. Police were were sent over because neighbors heard terrifying screaming and shouting coming from the house. So it was sparked when the woman found X-rated photos on his mobile phone showing him having in flagrante delecto. That's code for sex producer, Ari. I got it. Having sex with what looked like another woman. She freaks out, attacks her husband, with a knife. He wrestles the weapon off of her and then asks, what's wrong? (laughs) Now, you see, at this moment, I get that you could be asking, what's wrong? But it would probably be phrased as, what's wrong with you? Not, what's wrong, Boo Bear? Pookie, has something alarmed you? My dearest, it seems you have become upset. Perhaps you need to sit and have a moment to relieve yourself of the vapors. No, it's what's wrong with you, usually preceded by some other word. (laughs) She says, look at these photos. Look at you having sex with another woman. It was them from years earlier. She didn't recognize herself because she was younger Thinner and wearing so much makeup. (laughs) Everything about this story hurts and yet hurts so good. This is the story you don't want to tell at a dinner party, but you can't wait to tell at a dinner party. It's fantastic. Now, I, I, I don't know yet what it's like to be of an age where you look, my, my my father will say this every now and again. I feel great, I'm doing, my father's 83, I'm doing good and business is going great. He has a, a small business he still he still owns and, 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 and runs and I, he doesn't golf, so thank goodness he has this. And, and I'm, you know, I, I'm doing this, I'm talking this one, I'm working out this deal and I'm, he, the hands are going and he's, he's talking like he's, he's, you know, 35 again. And then he'll say, and then I see, get a shot of myself in the mirror, I'm like, who's this old guy? Right, I don't know that feeling. Right? And not yet. Every now and then I'll look at myself in the mirror and say, man, man, I'm hot. Like, that's the most I do. That is the most I, I, I go for. Producer Ari, you understand. No, I've never thought you were hot. Ah, uh, well, you're the only one. But I've never, like, not noticed, hey, that's me 
in, in, in the photos having sex on somebody else's phone. So when you have seen photos of yourself having sex, you immediately know. I have never, me. ever taken a photo of myself in any kind of provocative. That. Yes, I understand. And the people who do that to me are, are 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 do that in my view are the craziest, craziest people. There's no good that can come from it, and this proves it because it's not that no good could come from it because it could get shared, it could get lost, it could be used against you. It got used. You didn't even know it was you. You grew up in a different time. Oh, stop it! Have you have you ever ever sent nudes? Uh, yes, but my face wasn't in the picture. Oh, good lord! I protected myself. Is is that what you did? Yeah. You Listen, mi- when someone sends, I have never sent one unsolicited ever in a million years. Never, ever, ever. But when I've gotten one, I feel like the polite thing to do would be to reciprocate. <laughs> How many nudes have you received in your life? How many different? Women or how many total? Like how many? Well, oh, good lord. Um, okay. How how do we want to ask this, guys? Um, okay. Let's. How many different women have said, "Producer Ari, here I am." Uh, two. Okay, but there have been multiples from each one. Uh, quite a few, yeah. Wow. It's with Snapchat. It's it's very easy, and it's you know. Did you save the photos? No, because then you're a. Oh, oh, that's where you draw the line? No, that's a, that's a, that's uncouth. <laughs> that's the part. Oh, I would never. Oh, yeah, I'll totally just, you know, pull the pants down and show everybody what I got. Keep the photos? My gosh, I've never heard of such a thing. Well, it's what? especially with Snapchat. Because then you, like, you're expected to have those deleted automatically. Do not, I have been telling my kids since they're 10, do not, do not, do not take uh, any kind of, of nude photo. Don't allow anybody to take a nude photo of you. Don't ever be a part of that. There's no good that can come from it. The only things that can happen are complete and total disaster. And Ari, uh, before it's too late, you need you need to learn this lesson. You, you need to learn. Oh, I've retired from those days. Oh, oh, you have? I haven't sent... A nude has not been sent or received by me in... Six, how long have I been dating my wife? I don't know, six, seven years. How long have you been dating your wife? Well, we just got married. We've been okay. together for six years, so that long. But if people wanted to send you nudes? Uh, I mean, I would, I, I, I'd laugh. Like, I, I'd be like, this is funny. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get offended. <laughs> Do not send Ari nudes, please. Not me neither. Listen, I, I, I love you, but I like the relationship the way we have it right now. I think, I think this is better. I think this is going to work out very, very well. The former CEO of Google wants to remind you that China is surging to try and overtake the United States because they play by a different set of rules. How shocking, Eric Schmidt. How shocking to learn. The China Strategy Group published a memo. It was obtained by Axios. Proposes a number of urgent policy solutions that the U.S., uh, needs to take to outcompete China without inciting more tension or conflict. And the statement they make is that America's technological leadership is not to send nudes. America's technological leadership is fundamental to its security, prosperity, and democratic way of life. But this vital advantage is now at risk with China surging to overtake the United States 
in critical areas. This is, of course, the 5G conversation. You cannot allow China to write the protocols for 5G technology, which will power the Internet of Things, drone technology amongst them. If they write the protocols, they are in charge of the pipeline. They know what all the data is, and no one can trust a Chinese national. No one can trust a communist. That's what I mean. No one can trust a communist. As they steal intellectual property, we should be erasing zeros off the national debt. As they flood America with uh, fentanyl or, and, and drugs that certainly can't be trusted, we need to be making our own and taking away anything, any advantage they have in the creation of, of drugs. We develop them here. They actually make them. We need to make them here. We have to have them made in India so we can diversify a supply chain. These are the things that have to happen. These are the places where we have to get better. Much, much better. I'm actually very happy to see this. I look forward to digging in more. I only hope that the administration is smart enough to pay attention. But these people seem so weak that all they want to do is say, hey, how can we be friends with you? You know, we haven't been nice, probably because we're racist or something. China doesn't care about your racism. China will only use you to destroy you so they can get what they want, which is domination and control. And when China's in control, it's bad for everybody. I'm Tony Katz. In one of the more ridiculous conversations to take place was a uh, reporter, opinion guy for the Washington Post. Now, maybe if I should have just said, so there's this opinion guy for the Washington Post, you would have been like, oh, this is going to be ridiculous, right? You, you would have known. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. And what he tweeted out was... Well, a, a very special bit, and, and the reason I bring it up is that it falls into the category of here is what, A, they think of you if you're on the political right, and B, look at what they're trying to now invent. Wouldn't you think that there would be enough level of policy disagreements that can exist out there or do exist out there that you don't have to invent things? But here is... Uh, Paul Waldman, and this is the tweet, opinion, transgender ban lifted, Tubman on the $20 bill, it's a hard time for conservatives. All right, everybody take a breath, take a beat. The transgender conversation is certainly different when we're talking about children, when we're talking about adults, but when President Trump first put into place this idea of a ban against transgender troops... We asked the following question. I think the only question that matters. And that question is, do transgender troops affect unit cohesion? I have never had anybody tell me yes. As a matter of fact, I have only 
had people tell me no, that actually men and women create more unit issues than transgender. Because very often the concept of someone being transgender ends the ability uh, for there to be a sexual uh, uh, relationship. That doesn't happen to any level of, uh, you know, it doesn't happen in the same way. Just men and women are, yeah, sure, let's do, right? Creating issues. I'm not saying that you should take women out of the military. I'm saying this is what I've been told. Now, if you tell me about transgender children, I will tell you that children do not have the right to make this decision for themselves. They're children, and children have to be protected most often from themselves. I didn't say you had to be rude. I didn't say you had to be mean. I didn't say you had to be condescending. But the idea of hormones and treatments, I oppose. The idea of saying, well, you can uh, participate in this sport or that sport, I oppose. And certainly what Joe Biden, what President Biden has done regarding uh, transgender children in sports in both the, 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 the high school level and the college level is beyond offensive. And they don't have the argument. A boy who says he's a girl competing against girls is not a girl. He's still a boy no matter what he says or what he feels. Men are not women and women are not men. That is not being rude. That is being factual. And it is unfair to those girls. I side with those girls. And that they should be allowed to compete against other girls and against other women. And not have a man take something from them. I am more than willing to to die on that hill. But when it comes to transgender in the military, no one has ever told me there's an issue, so I don't even want to—I don't think about it. If I was president of the United States, unless the, the, the Joint Chiefs said to me, we've got a specific problem with transgender in the military, it, there would be—I I wouldn't care if it came to my desk, Vito. I, I don't want to hear it. The military is not an instrument of social change. The military is there to kill people and break things. That's its job. I want it to do its job and do it effectively and then come home. But the other thing, Tubman on the $20 bill, you mean Harriet Tubman? What problem do conservatives have with Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill? This has been a conversation going on for a while. Supposedly it was moved down the line by Steve Mnuchin. He didn't move it quickly down the line. He said it was in process. It was in in queue. I said at the time it should have been done quickly. I would much rather have Harriet Tubman than the racist Democrat Andrew Jackson. Harriet Tubman would be kick-ass on a $20 bill. Let's do that today. Immediately, if not sooner. You have Harriet Tubman who would clearly be on the side of, of the Republicans, the abolitionists. Right? There, there, it, it, is, it is unquestionable that not only would conservatives, conservatives not have an issue with Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill, they would only carry 20s and 50s in their pocket. That would be Grant. All right, may, I mean, the, 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 the 10 is Hamilton, so maybe, maybe. Not, you know, what was that? Put Lynn Manuel Miranda on the ten. No, that's not how it he works. Because he was he was Hamilton. See, that's not how it works. Oh, okay. Harriet Tubman, 
Let's go. You think conservatives have an issue with this? Not in the slightest. They'll carry fives, and they'll carry 20s, and they'll carry 50s. That's, that's it. Happy to. This story was invented. Invented. Because an opinion writer at the Washington Post had nothing to do and asked himself, well, how can I show that I hate conservatives today? No thought, no no engaging, no taking a look at the world and seeing things and maybe asking a question. No, I hate conservatives. I need to destroy Republicans. How can I do so? What can I invent? What do I think makes them angry versus what they're actually maybe angry about? And how do I write about it? And that's what happened. That's what happened. No one has a problem with Harriet Tubman. No conservative has a problem with Harriet Tubman on the 20. Let's go. Let's go make that happen as quickly as possible. And when you get that 20, make sure you don't spend it on the Washington Post. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.